Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of FT Advisor. Following Boris Johnson's survival of the confidence vote, he sought to reboot his government by announcing several measures to help get first-time buyers onto the housing ladder. One of these is a review of the mortgage market, aimed specifically at helping aspiring homeowners get better access to high loan-to-value mortgages. This review will look at alternative ways of offering finance and managing risk. So, what reforms should the government consider? Is the key to getting more people onto the housing ladder in fixing the mortgage market rather than building more homes? With me to discuss this are Martin Stewart, Director of London Money, and David Hollingworth, Associate Director at LNC. Hello both. Hi, Damien. Hi, Damien. So, the government obviously believes that for some first-time buyers struggling to get a mortgage, um, even once they have pulled together the necessary deposit, it's actually the getting of the mortgage itself which is the the problem. Uh, Martin, are they right in that? Um, uh, yes and yes and no. Uh, yes, it's always people underestimate how difficult it is to get a mortgage, and that doesn't matter whether they're a first-time buyer or uh, someone in their fifties uh, buying their uh, their last forever home. So, you know, there are complexities in the mortgage market, and it's not specific to first-time buyers. Um, uh, it's probably getting a little bit more difficult now across the board, just because of uh, inflationary pressures in the background, which are uh, influencing lenders' um, income multiples. Um, affordability is becoming an issue. Valuations are very, very high. But again, that's not necessarily specific to first-time buyers. They're, these are endemic problems for, for everyone in, in the property market right now. David, what do you think? Yeah, so prices, you know, the focus on our homes has only increased over the, the pandemic. So prices have continued to rise and that puts just increasing pressures both on affordability and on the um, ability to raise a deposit. So whilst we might all have been saving during lockdown, that's obviously changing rapidly. Um, and, and people still need to be borrowing to meet the difference between what they have got and what kind of prices they're being asked to pay in the market. So I agree with Martin, actually, on the first-time buyer point. It's not just first-time buyers. It will be those who are looking for that, you know, to grow a family um, and looking for that next home that can accommodate a family for years to come. That those issues are not, not only affecting first-time buyers, but, of course, they are the key part of the market and certainly uh, politically one where you know you don't want disenfranchised first-time buyers who feel like they've just given up on home ownership. Mm-hmm. And I think for many years the deposit was seen as being the main barrier to, to getting onto the housing ladder for many uh, aspiring first-time buyers. But then I think increasingly now some people are discussing whether the loan-to-income ratio is, is, a, is, a, is also a barrier. Um, to what extent is the loan-to-income ratio a bigger barrier than the deposit uh, these days? Um, David, stay with you. So the, it's always been a blend um, of whether you can get the deposit and how big a deposit. And let's not forget, you know, getting a 5% deposit, you, you can get 95% mortgages. You know, we, the, the government guarantee really um, accelerated the growth of that market after it all but disappeared um, during the pandemic. Um, so it is possible, but of course you've got to then blend that with can you borrow enough um, to get you to the kind of place you need to be to purchase um, in wherever you're you're planning to buy. So it, it's always been a blend, and I think LTI has a part to play. Um, and of course we're in a, a point in time where cost of living is rising, and 
interest rates are rising. So the kind of stress rates that lenders are employing are already on the rise. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't make anyone's life any easier when they're already trying to stretch how much they can borrow. Martin, do you agree? Uh, absolutely, absolutely correct, um, David. They're not they're not mutually exclusive. These things they go hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other. Um, uh, on the deposit side, uh, speaking purely from a, a very London centric broker, we very very rarely see a first time buyer arrive with a, what I would call as a traditional pod, a deposit whereby they've saved that up over a number of years. Inevitably, it's the bank of mum and dad or the bank of uh, grand and granddad that are supporting first-time buyers uh, in, in London and the southeast. Um, you look at, and then on the, the LT, LTI side, you've got you've got the issue where the consumer believes that they've been paying you know fifteen hundred pound a month rent. Therefore, they can obviously you know prove that they can pay a fifteen hundred pound a month mortgage, which which is logical. And I think there are some moves to try and accommodate that uh, within within the process somewhere. But then you have to look at it from the lender's point of view that um, you know they lost money before in a crash uh, a number of times, um, and they have very long memories banks when it suits them so they're not going to be throwing money um you know at left right and center into the market they'll be quite cautious with their approach they'll understand what the cost of living is doing to people's budgets right now and we're seeing some very specific numbers where uh, clients are coming to us uh, from a two-year fixed rate uh, that they took at the start of the pandemic and their payments are going up 500 to 1000 pounds a month more now um, just because the cost of uh, interest rates has, has risen exponentially in that in that time so there's a you know, we are. We have to be a little bit careful here. I think we're inching towards a perfect storm. So, uh, I think we should all, as a market, proceed with caution. Mm-hmm. And and um, Martin, you mentioned that cr- crash, obviously in two thousand and eight, and the the loan to income ratio of four point five percent was introduced after that to prevent, uh, you know, a recurrence of the of the issues that were partly um, exacerbated and caused by the by that by that crash. Um, is it is it a dangerous route to go down tinkering with LTIs? Uh, how can, can we do so without necessarily going back to the pre two thousand eight world? I, I, I wish I had the answer to that question, uh, Damien. I don't. I don't think I do. Um, you know, we did have a we had a, a chancellor that said that he'd created a you know an economy that was no more boom or bust, than, and then it, it boomed and then bust. So, um, who's to say that we're not in a similar situation now? Are we are we tinkering with something that we should leave alone, or are we just tinkering with something that actually we should take a sledgehammer to uh, and, and fix lots of different parts of, of uh, the, ha- the house buying culture, which it is within within the UK. I just had a first time buyer on, on, on the phone before I came in here and, you know, uh, I spoke to his dad and his dad been a, was a first time buyer 25 years ago, which shows you how old I am. But he was saying that you can't believe the levels of money that people are having to buy today for just entry level properties into, into, the, into the property chain. So, you know, we, we're sitting here talking talking about uh, LTIs and what the lenders can do, but do we need to take a bigger look at the market and address the issue here, which is possibly lack of supply, um, uh, a, a culture of home ownership, and not just having one house, having 10 you know, including a second home down in Cornwall, which is restricting the supply into the market, which is causing exponential house price growth, which is forcing the borrowers to have to borrow more money to get a foot on that ladder. So, you know, there's pressure points everywhere, as far as I can see. What do you think, David? Yeah, I've got, I've got supply of more supply of affordable homes. That's what the you know the the problem is is that of course we have to look at the mortgage market because that's that's almost the more immediate and more straightforward thing to try and flex. 
uh, and it is a market that should always try and flex and evolve with what borrowers' needs are. But you do have to be mindful of why we are where we are because um, MMR, the whole focus of that was to make sure that we didn't return to the the um, excesses, if you like, and the, the lower underwriting standards that were present in the market prior to the, the crash. So removing all of these um, controls would be probably pretty feckless to, to implement now. I think where you perhaps, you know, we, we know that they're consulting on whether stress rates are required. Um, and it looks likely that that might be something that rather than have the belt and braces approach, the, the LTI limits um, are felt to be adequate to, to control that. So maybe we will see that some flex in affordability calculation from the stress rate side um, but we do have to be careful about just trying to ramp up the amount that people can borrow. At the moment, the higher LTI limits are always going to be pretty much focused on higher net worth borrowers who have got pretty long track record, not not throwing money at people who have never had a mortgage before at all. It's a good point, actually, that David. It's 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 very not very, but it's much easier to borrow ninety percent of a million pounds than it is to borrow ninety five percent of two hundred thousand pounds. Sometimes. We've um, uh, sometimes the temptation is with these things is to say we need regulation or we need a ch- we need new rules or changes to rules. Does, does the solution to this just l- not lie in maybe different products? You know, uh, maybe the, you know products that mortgage providers are already capable of, of providing. Some some of the people who uh, who uh, have who are involved in this, this debate have mentioned. You know, maybe we just need. Um, fixed uh, fixed rate mortgages with just really long fixed rates. I mean, some someone I think suggested ten years or so. Uh, David, what do you think? Um, we, I mean, obviously you can get a longer term fixed rates. I think that offers a potential way of justifying that you can b- borrow more because if you can afford it today, that shouldn't change radically from uh, as you go through that fixed rate. Um, so that is a potential option. But of course, if you're coming in as a first time buyer and being asked to lock into that rate, um, there's a whole lot that can happen over 10 years. Um, therefore, providers are looking at how they can be more flexible. So not tie the borrower in so much with heavy um, early repayment charges. But it's really quite hard to then balance off what kind of rate you have to charge for that. Because as a first time buyer, that will be deeply unappealing if you Yes, it's flexible, but you're having to pay quite substantially more. So I, I think, um, yeah, I'd be supportive of that, but I think it's a difficult, you know, harder nut to crack um, than, than we all sometimes think. Um, I mean, I suppose other solutions will be plenty of people lobbying, I'm sure, right now um, about help to buy, which, uh, of course, will be disappearing. And that, that's one area which, like it or, or hate it, Help to buy was pretty successful in, in what it set out to do in terms of deal with affordability issues. Um, but of course, it's a question of whether the government is prepared to uh, double down on that or whether they uh, they really want to just um, draw the line there. Do you think they should double down on help to buy? I think some people, you know, help to buy, I think, is quite, has been quite divisive in a way. It's. Um... Do you think they should? But, but any measures to increase the amount of borrowing and ease the kind of underwriting standards um, have the potential to push prices up. Um, so, you know, I think whatever we're looking at here, 
um, you are ultimately talking about this has to come in conjunction with a more concerted effort to increase the supply of homes. Otherwise, you are just storing up the same issue ongoing that prices just end up going ever higher and affordability pressures on new first-time buyers, whether it's in five or ten years, is all the harder. Martin, do you think they, should, on, just on that help to buy point, do you think they should double down on it? Uh, no, uh, I'm not a huge fan of of central government influencing uh, our housing market. Uh, you know, I believe that is a free market and it should remain a free market. Um, uh, I think sometimes the the the, the uh, incentives that the government um, uh, throw into the market just pours uh, petrol onto the fire. I think that if it is a free market, and I'm led to believe it is, although as I get older, I'm beginning to have my doubts, um, I think it should be left to find its own feet and it should fail or succeed on, uh, in, in its own right. So I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of, of help to buy. Uh, we've helped a few clients do that. I wasn't a huge fan of the stamp duty holiday when that came in. That was triggered far too early. The demand was already there. Um, that just caused more problems um, in, the, in the supply chain uh, and processes. Uh, in some respects, we're probably still suffering from that a little bit now because it just created a huge uh, amount of momentum into the market um, when it was already there in the first place. So, no, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of government incentives in any way, shape or form. Mm. And on the original point of whether you think that, you know, the, the solution to these issues is just better products which providers can already provide. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm with David. I think, uh, we, do, we I think we have to address the culture first in this country. We keep we keep creating products. We don't really look at the culture, um, and you have to look around what's going on here. So yeah, Gordon Brown tried to bring in twenty five year fixed rates. I think in in two thousand and five, and that was going to be the future, uh, and it possibly is if you live in America or Europe. Uh, but we have a culture whereby it's two, three, five year fixed rates. People move every five or six years. Um, but younger first time buyers, younger than uh, any other country in the in Europe, uh, certainly at the time. Um, uh, locking people in is is a, a a culture thing and we need to understand whether the consumer really wants that uh, david's right i think many in, in particularly first-time buyers they prefer flexibility over over longer-term security so being able to try to price long-term security with flexibility i think is going to be very very uh, difficult first-time buyers are probably going to be on the move with generally within within two to three years having said that has the pandemic changed people's attitudes? Has it changed their thinking? Um, again, I'm not too sure, but we are going to be having to service um, a first-time buyer culture, which which uh, has grown upon disposability, um, whether that's swipe left, swipe right, delete. Um, you know, they've grown up um, having lots of flexibility in their in their social life, and I think a lot of them will expect that when it comes to to borrowing money to buy a house. Mm. And Martin, you mentioned a little earlier the uh, issue of people having people buying, you know, buying up buy-to-let portfolios and maybe having a second house on top of that. And there have been various changes over the past few years which have made it increasingly unattractive to to get into that sort of thing. Do you anticipate that it, that's there's going to be more um, more done there to make it even more attractive, unattractive? Uh, possibly. I th- I think I think. The way the market seems to be going, or where I think it should be going, is is to is toward bigger, better capitalised 
um, uh, more regulated landlords, re- proper professional landlords. Uh, I think the time is right now to get rid of the, the remaining Rigsby's that are still out there in the market. I had a phone call with a client yesterday, uh, high rate taxpayer, uh, accidental landlord, as so many of them are, kept a couple of properties on a let-to-buy basis. Um, and, you know, he's he's now he's not making any money at all. In fact, it, it's probably loss making. He said to himself, he's, he's, he's got landlord fatigue, he's fallen out of love with it. And, you know, I think if that's, if that's extrapolated across the country nationally I think that's a positive thing um, and I think we should leave uh, being a landlord to professionals um, uh, and, and remove the amateurs so any regulation that comes in I think will be a positive if, if, that, if, if that continues that mindset I'm, I'll be all for that Would you agree with that Dave? Well if you get landlords I mean we keep talking about landlords are going to dump stock and this might cause that and, and it hasn't really happened um, in any large amount but if that does happen then i guess that first-time buyers will be looking at that as an opportunity because if we do suddenly get landlords starting to put properties on the market that would uh, naturally increase the supply and perhaps just level off prices for the first-time buyers where we know there is still demand i think what you've got to be careful of is if you choke off the private rental sector too harshly um that actually there's still a big need there um, and what we don't want is to to see that that dumping of stock um, to such a degree that they haven't actually, in conjunction with that, come up with policy that will help uh, improve the, the supply of affordable and good quality rental property. Now, as Martha says, you know, professionals or or perhaps institutional rental um, is is something that will start to feature more more in that side of things and, and help ensure that the quality that's needed and and the increased supply um but first-time buyers of course will still be feeling that they're up against uh competition not only from their peers but also from investors and uh, to wrap up how uh, how optimistic are, are, are both of you that uh we're at this uh, this uh, uh review will actually lead to any uh, any sort of meaningful change that will actually have a have an impact on 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 um Buy to let. Uh, sorry, sorry. First time buyers, even getting getting onto the housing ladder. David, oh, Damien, are we talking about the the review that Boris Johnson proposed last week when he was in the crosshairs of the media? Yes. Okay. There's every chance that that review won't happen. <laughs> um, uh, it will fall off the front page of the news slowly over time and uh, everyone will forget about it. Uh, if there is a review, um, I, I've no idea. I, I don't think the government really understand housing. That's proven by the fact that there's a, a housing minister uh, arriving every week. Um, I think it needs to be taken a lot more seriously from a political point of view. I think it's a cabinet position. Um, I think we need stability in, the, in, in a housing minister uh, that can then deliver stability in the housing sector. Whether that will happen, I'm not entirely too sure. But, you know, anything that can come along that will improve the process. And actually, what we need to understand is that the market is terribly fragmented and always has been. Um, The lender doesn't know what the broker does. The broker doesn't know what the lender does. No one knows what the estate agent does. No one's got, no one can get hold of a solicitor to find out what they do. You know, everyone thinks they're the most important person in the chain. um, And as a result, you know, problems arise. I think we need a more streamless approach, um, a more efficient approach to buying property so that will help the market as a whole whether it's a first-time buyer or or all the way up to equity release i think i think we could do with reviewing how we buy property regardless of the price um i wouldn't be surprised if we are talking about long-term fixed rates again um 
you know, I think that that has come up and Boris has mentioned that in passing uh, in the past. So I wonder whether that will be seen as a way of uh, increasing the amount of borrowing available. So it could be that that gives the green light to lenders to to consider how they do that. I mean, they could they can actually do that um, in in any case, um, but it might just bring a bit more clarity um, to the market and and just see whether anyone is prepared to go down that route. Whether it will solve first time buyer woes, I think we're back to you know the issues we just talked about between how you how you structure that product. But um, so it, it might be fairly niche. I mean, ultimately, we've got a fairly functional mortgage market in the moment. We're not lacking 95% rates. You know, that that has been sorted. You know, we have 95% rates, which have actually not suffered the same increases that the lower LTV um, bracket has been going through recently. So, look, we'll see. This, this conversation comes up all the time, and I'm sure we'll be having it again. But uh, whether this review will solve it, I think unless we see more um, structure around the, the supply of property, then we, we might still be looking to the, the market to come up with the, the product that will solve it. Yeah, as Martin points out, uh, the Boris Johnson might have had other motivations so, uh, for launching uh, this particular review at this moment in time. Um, thank you very much, uh, Martin and David, and thank you, thank you very David. much for listening and tune in again next week for the next edition of the FT Advisor podcast. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.